Thank you, everybody. Come on! We have, we have been so blessed getting to know all of you. We actually feel like we've come home. So that's a good thing. We do have, we do have English blood in us. So. But thank you for your kindness and your hospitality. And you do have an awesome team here, Steve, that just makes everyone feel at home. So John's going to speak this morning. Thank you, dear. Isn't it nice when your wife lets you speak? It really is a miracle. Can you hear me? Yes, we're there. We are. You know, I didn't realize we would be here. Uh, I think there's one with a, is there one with a, a puzzle piece on it, a picture? I didn't realize we'd be here for the, this event of honoring those who fought for you and died for your freedom. Uh, but as I was standing there, I was just reminiscing. I, I think I told you about my one uncle who came to Christ. It should be the very first one. Came to Christ during his deathbed. He, he came to Christ and died. Well, him and his brothers... That's all right, never mind. Him and his brothers had a contract with the government to build landing craft. And during the war, they cut the trees, they drug them out of the swamp with mules, they lumbered, milled them up, and they built the numbers between 100 and 200 landing craft in a little town along the coast in New Jersey. And uh, don't, don't look at that, look at me, I'm better looking than that. Everybody's looking over here. Let's go over here. <laughs> and we were, they were told by the, the man they supplied them to, the government official, that some were used in training, some were used, you know, in America, but many found their way to Normandy Beach. And so as I stood there, Steve, yeah, there it is, I was thinking... Some of the people that we're honoring and remembered today probably took their last ride in boats that my family built. Think about how that goes. And see, that's a picture that I had and I wanted to present to you. I believe that represents this weekend. I've talked to some of you, and you've had some breakthroughs here and there. One lady said she hadn't had any joy, and that she woke up and she had joy. Wow. Other ladies had breakthrough, different men. You know, I was real, really thrilled. With, I met with the men, and then I said, how come all the ladies are up front when they call people up to testify about something? And the other night, it was all men came up yeah. and testified. So I did a good job, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> but I want you to know... That is also Cheryl and I. Things have come together for us here. This hasn't been a one-way street. And what happened with, with Jen acting as England, pronouncing a blessing over America as a son, just was a recap for me of what happened with my dad for 
50 years. And Jen read this scripture in Corinthians. Let me flick to it. For our light affliction. Everybody say light affliction. And the truth of the matter is, when you have an affliction, nobody thinks it's light. It, it, it becomes the center of your universe, doesn't it? I don't care if it's a little hangnail on your toe. It's like, oh, my toe. You know, I mean, forget it. And then you see somebody else that doesn't have a foot, and you think, oh, how dumb was I doing that? Which is for but a moment. Now, there's the problem. What is a moment? My parents were separated for 40 years. They divorced for five, and my dad had cancer for five and a half years. My moment was half a century. How long's your moment been? But see, God had a plan and a purpose for that 50-year moment. It was to stand here and hear those words and let the wind of the Spirit blow through me just like I was a screen as those words were coming to me. I realized, that's why I really haven't slept much in the last two nights, I realized that 50-year light affliction was preparing me to appreciate the place that I stood here. Do you realize how huge that is? For, do you realize what a piece of the puzzle that is in my spirit? I hope some of you can relate to that picture and say this weekend has been a coming together of something that was loose and jagged in me. That it was hitting like this and now it's meshed. And I feel like I'm more, a little bit more whole. I'm not going to say you've arrived and there's nothing else needs to be tweaked, but you've gone up a notch. And, and I'm thrilled to be here with you. I really, I've enjoyed most of you. got to be honest. I mean, I was glad when they handed out the ginger because some of you needed that with your breath. Okay? <laughs> you know, it's amazing when people come up and talk to you. It's like they want to get right here and you just keep backing up and they keep talking and you're like, whoa. Okay. Ginger helps. Even if you don't like it. <laughs> Me too. I, was, I pop ginger. My, I mean, hey, look, just, you know, before you want to go get face to face with somebody, talk to them, pop them in, will you? Okay. But anyhow, it works. <laughs> I'm an equally opportunity insulter sometimes. Works for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Say weight of glory. While we look not at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but that which is not seen is eternal. And I just want to mention a little bit the weight of glory. Everywhere we take our feet, we deposit glory into the earth realm. And there will come a day. I, you know, we talk about the tipping bowls in heaven. This is just my thoughts. You know, when I read the Bible and when I think about concepts and I hear different sermons, I've heard 45 years of sermons and teaching. I think about the earth and the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. What is the fullness thereof? What, what does that mean? And, and I see some of the things on the earth that is not glorifying God. 
And then I read about different things and I read some scriptures and I just had a breakthrough in a scripture that I've kind of misunderstood for at least four, four decades. You know, when, when Jesus suffered, his light affliction was three hours on the cross. I don't know if he, he willingly came and gave up his office, but it really got hard the last day or two. But it was temporal. And when he died on that cross, and he said it was finished, his spirit went into the ground. Now, I'd always thought when he rose from the dead, the graves opened and other people rose from the dead. You know what? That's wrong. I mean, I, I read it so many times and I just didn't see it. When his spirit hit the ground, there was so much glory that went into the earth, the graves had to open because the righteous dead were being held under the ground, and the ground could not even contain the glory that was deposited in it. Because the Bible says he descended into the earth. When he hit the earth, it wasn't when he rose, it was when he died that everybody popped up. And see, it's just, I want you to know, when you go somewhere, and men, I was talking to men about in, in, evaluating their prayer life, because prayer is communication with God. It's getting into his presence, and in his presence is fullness of joy and glory. And that glory becomes a part of you. And as you go out and walk, you're depositing glory every step into the earth realm. And there will come a tipping point, I believe, that the earth has to release glory back. It just excites me. Go ahead, go to the next one. Alignment. I'm just going to recap a little bit. That's my picture of alignment. To reach your destination. Your destiny nation. The lead goose is the lowest one. It's kind of the opposite we see in church sometimes. <laughs> one time I went to a, I was invited to a men's breakfast, and they had a, a platform that was about this high. It wasn't as big, but the, guy, the, the pastor sat up the, there, and he had, a, he had china and gold fork and spoon and we had paper plates and plastic. And uh, the new people, the guests, had to line up and, you know, greet the, the, the set man. And so everybody came up because, and, and his kind of, hey, I love, good for coming out. Is, is there anything I can get for you? You know, and you asked everybody the same question. Everybody's, oh, no, great. So when I came up, he said, hi, how are you? I said, I'm doing great. He goes, anything I can get for you? I said, I always wanted to eat with a gold fork and spoon. And I was ushered right away. <laughs> Guess that was the wrong thing to say. But you know what's interesting about these, how they fly? I already mentioned to the men you can go 10 times as far in that formation than a goose can by itself. 10 times. Reminds me that one can put 1,000, but two can put 10,000. And if one, somebody gets tired, they drop to the back because the aerodynamics help lift the weak ones. And if they have to drop out of that formation, a group, a small group, will go with them so they don't lose them. 
and they'll land and rest up and then they'll pick it back up and they'll join another V formation when they hit their destination. That is a good, and you know when I watched your video, Dave, and you saw the guys dragging, they don't want to leave anybody behind. See, they don't want to leave any, any of their brothers and sisters behind. We should be that way too. Go ahead and go to the next one. Now, we talked about alignment. Let me talk to you now about connections. We see through the Bible, and I just picked a couple. Abraham and Melchizedek. When he had a victory, he went to somebody greater than him and gave a tithe. Gave him honor, gave him respect. One of the things I, I, I strive for in, in my life is to give honor and respect because I think the, the, the body of Christ and the church, a combination, kind of doesn't, is not good at it. How's that? Of giving honor and respect to others that may be a little different than them or have different type non-essential beliefs. I mean, their core beliefs are important, but there's other things, you know. You're going to get to heaven if you don't believe in healing. And I I know we we have Catholic and Protestants, and I worked with Benny Hinn for five years. I can tell you this, most of the people, more than half the people that got healed at Benny Hinn Crusades were Catholic. Because, see, they believe in healing. A lot of Protestants teach that healing is not for today. It's your cross to bear. You know, so there's right and wrong on both sides, but we gotta we got to figure out how we can get to a place to honor something. And I'll, I'll tell you what, if you, you start honoring people, guess what? You sow honor, guess what you'll reap? Honor. Aaron and Moses. Moses turned to see, and guess what? Aaron was his mouthpiece, and they shared in leading God's people to the promised land, to the very edge of it. We want to go forward as a people. You want to go forward in this territory as a people. You need to connect with the right ones. David and Jonathan. Jonathan had to give up his inheritance as the next king to follow with David. I love Abigail. She's a great one because I think she had a seer gift. Because she actually told David, when you come into your kingdom, don't let this... Don't kill my husband and let that be on you. She already knew that David had a destiny in God, and she saw it and said, please, 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 don't do this thing. And she saved him from making a mistake. Elijah and Elisha, they they were great at seeing and opening the eyes of others together. And Elisha did twice as many, twice as much. My goal is when I go that people that follow behind me do twice Three, ten, hundred times more than me. And their name is greater. Paul and Timothy. My son, stir up the gifts. There's that word son again. That's an important word in the body of Christ. Stir up those gifts that are in you. And I say to you, congregation here, men and women, stir up the gifts that you know are in you. You may have had problems. You may have had light afflictions for a moment. But there will come a time, there will come a season in God when that's over. Be ready to move forward. Are you ready to move forward? Okay, two of you are. Are you ready to move forward? 
Go ahead. When you're getting ready to move forward, you want to make sure that you're aligned with a structure that can take the heat. Remember that story, the three little pigs? One had hay, one had, what was the other one? Sticks and bricks. You better make sure your spiritual house is built with steel. See them beams? They look like that, don't they? When I was down in Puerto Rico, my son lived in Puerto Rico through two hurricanes. I, I stayed there with him through one. And I said, when it was coming, the first one only got up to about 85-mile-an-hour winds, but the second one, Irma, got to 185-mile-an-hour. So when I was there for the 85-mile-an-hour wind, my grandson, uh, you know, he was sitting on the couch with me. They said, the storm will be here, and I wasn't supposed to be home for, you know, another week. And he went, are, are you going to stay with us, pup up? And I went, yeah, I'm not leaving. He goes, I didn't think you'd leave. <laughs> so I asked my son, how's this house built? It was solid concrete. Eight, it had 12-inch block faced with 6-inch block. It's 18 inches of concrete. The roof was poured concrete with tiles set in the concrete. Wow. Now, they only had the hurricane windows on the bottom. It was a three-story house. And the owner, that was his areas at the bottom, but he worked for NASA. He wasn't there. Jonathan had the top two. And those windows, if he got cheap anywhere, it was on the windows. I said, well, this, this is my concern here, these windows. And so we did some things to fortify him. How about water? He had a 200-gallon water tank that had a pump on it with a battery. He had a generator. And so the hurricane came, the pump didn't work, and the generator didn't work. But it was good because that was the minor hurricane. So we got the pump fixed. We got the generator fixed. He has a, a big charter fishing business. We pulled his boat out. We, went to the, we took it into the yard up on the side of a mountain in a fenced-in area, and we strapped it all down. And I looked around the yard, and there was a little rowboat over there. I said, that thing could fly into your boat. Get this thing out of here. We, we, we made preparations. We went to the store. We got everything we could get at that time. There wasn't much. It was selling out quick. But he went fishing the day before the hurricane and caught 300 pounds of grouper. That's, that's not too hard to take, is it? Having fresh fish in the freezer. That storm blew when I came home, and then Irma came and devastated the island. They're still fixing it. It's still really not all back yet. But the preparation was there. The structure was sound. He didn't lose a shingle or a window didn't break. And he had water and electric through generator. And every now and then the water came. He was up, way up on a mountain. And every now and then the water came on. And he had running water. They were, there was only two or three blocks in that whole area that had running water. And it was like a bubble was over him. The blood of Jesus covered him. Because, see, he was aligned with a good structure. He was aligned with people that knew how to pray. He was aligned with people that knew how to get him through the storm. And that's what you've got to look for in your spiritual. Because i got news for you. There's hurricanes that come that are spiritual hurricanes. They blow through nations. And you've got to be attached correctly or they will blow your structure apart. Go ahead. I just want to share a couple things to encourage you to keep going. Go ahead. That's, this is the eye. Uh, seeing, perceive, 
by sight or have power to perceive by sight. And Cheryl declared over you the other day, you're perceivers. And I'm working on a song right now by the monkeys. Yeah, I'm a perceiver. <laughs> Not a trace of doubt in my mind. I'm in love. Ooh, yeah, I'm a perceiver. I'm a believer till I die. Darn it, I got some more words. I'm not going to break it out yet. Go ahead, next one. Keep, keep going, next one. Yeah, we can do the next one, too. I, I don't want to believe it. Remember Jen's prophecy about arrows being launched? I believe that's each one of you. I believe God is going to launch you like our arrows for assignments in your territory here. It may be on your street. It may be in your town. It may be in your, the United Kingdom. I don't know. But I, I see God poised to launch people together in teams. Not as lone wolves. Not as one goose trying to fly to, to Mexico by himself. In an aligned, connected unit. You have something you want to prophesy? Okay, go ahead. I got to leave first time. Go to the next one. So I want to share with you just a couple of trips that we've been on and what's happened. We were in Mongolia. Go to the next one. Mongolia, at the time we were there, there were four Christians. The Baptists did a survey. Baptists are good at numbers and surveys and taking polls. They went all through Mongolia, two million people. There were four Christians. Go to the next one, please. There we are. I got, you see Shirley Goodness, Peter Wagner, Chuck. I got the arrow. See, I just told you there's a bow and arrow coming at you. Go ahead, next one. Today, there are over 50,000 or more Mongolian believers. That's quite a shift in two million people. Now, I asked, go to the next one. I asked one of the pastors that was the four original Christians. I had dinner with them. And I said, what was the radical change here that went from four to 50,000? Did they rent a, he said, Korean prayer teams came. So I said, well, what did they do? Did they rent a stadium? Did they they have a crusade? Did they minister to the needs of the poor? What happened? I mean, they're all the conventional ways we want to, you know, have an evangelical, evangelistic outreach. He said, no, no, do the next one. This is what they did. They went to the high places and prayed and tore down the veil. Ooh, I feel that. The veil that was over the country. Right now, I need three or four intercessors from, from the U.K. to come up here and join me to tear down a veil that's over your country. Can I have five at least? And if, come on, come on, come on, come on. Where two or three agree on anything, it is done. I need a man up here. Men, you've got to start popping up. Don't leave it to the women, Please. You will not move forward prophetically if you don't enrich your prayer life. So for right now, Cheryl, come up with me. Steve, you come up with me too. We're tearing down the veil that would blind the unsaved in the UK, just like it was over Mongolia. Just join me in prayer. Go ahead, you, you lead it. You lead it. In the UK. So, Lord, we come before you right now, Father, 
And we believe that you have spoken to us about a veil of unbelief over the UK. Lord Jesus. Now we speak to that veil in the name of Jesus Christ. Unbelief. We cut you off. We sever your power in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we lose your angelic host to dismantle every thread of that veil in Jesus' name. Lord, we loose the power of your blood, Lord Jesus, to annihilate, dissipate, and remove every bit of unbelief. Lord, we say today that those who could not see you those that could not hear your voice you, and be drawn to salvation will now hear and see in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Does anybody else have a word? And in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach and by the spilt blood of Jesus, as that veil was torn in the temple from top to bottom, so that which was hidden, the precious, the holy, the, the intimacy, uh, where there's a blindness in this nation, we tear off that veil. We say that veil is torn right now so that there is an understanding, there is a visibility of what the true gospel is all about, a, a, a fresh vision of the cross of Jesus and how much he died to save you. So we just rip off that veil right now and say, the many you will draw in. We release Thank again you, the angelic to draw them in, to turn Break their through, eyes. Lord. And as Break Moses through. lifted up the serpent in, in the Jesus wilderness, name. where those that were turned to look at it saw that salvation was come and a release and a deliverance, we declare it over the UK in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. We also remove this we apply the eyes of on the eyes of your people the, of the non-believers and believers who don't believe in you Lord we are applying the eyes of to remove the, the scales in their eyes to bring them down in the name of Jesus Christ to have an encounter with Thank you, you Lord. Lord Jesus and we are removing the blindness that is in the eyes of many people so that they can see the light they can see Jesus in Thank the name you, of Jesus Thank you, Lord. And we say, God, wherever there is a structure from which this veil hangs, we say, Lord, where we have constructed these, these structures that hold the veil in place, we say, would you reveal what each of those structures is, Lord? We ask that, Lord, in the next few days, you would reveal what those structures are as we meet to worship you, as we meet to pray, as we meet to declare over this nation, we say, Lord, break every structure that holds that veil in place, that it would have nothing to hang to, nothing to attach to, nothing to structure itself upon. We say that veil is coming off, that veil is tearing down, that veil is melting away, that veil is being destroyed, in the name of Jesus. And the Lord says to shift the veil, you need to be connected right. Amen. The Lord said to shift the veil off the church in this nation, you need to be connected right. You need to be in the place where I want you to be. Some of you are serving in wrong places. Some of you are serving wrong, says the Lord, because you are like square pegs in round holes. The Lord says to be effective, you need to be in the right place. And the Lord says, I am aligning now, because when you are aligned right, you can stand the press. And the Lord says, there is a press coming. And the Lord says, you need to be aligned to press right, says the Lord. Amen, amen. All right, let's go back. We're going to do something else too. Go back to your seats for now. You might be back. Who knows? See, I, I, I'm really, 
I'm really to the place in my Christian walk where I'm, I'm a little tired of lectures. I'm a little tired of, I, I like participation. Uh, I, it's, I, I really, uh, when I hear people sometimes, I really don't care what they know. I, I, I really care more about what they do. So uh, it's good to get teaching, but it's also good to get activation, and it's good to have a role model to follow. When I, when I was on the wrestling team, when I was in ninth grade, there was a senior that was the toughest kid on the team, and his name was Bonehead. He was a football wrestler, and I mean, he was tough. And I walked in the room, and I looked around, and I saw him. He was leaning, laying on his side, you know, with his arm talking to somebody, and I went over, and I kicked him in the side of the head. And it uh, didn't go well for me after that. <laughs> And every day I'd come in there and I'd go over to him and jump on him and elbow him. And, and, and he knocked the tar out of me that whole year. But see, after he graduated, nobody was tough anymore to me. I had been beaten up for a year by the toughest kid on the team. So that was how I figured it was my training. They, they always told me, pick out the biggest, toughest guy and watch him. You know, I mean, that's, that's just how I was brought up. See, in spirit, I want to know what's the biggest thing going on in this country. There's a veil of unbelief over the U.K. There's a veil of unbelief in sections of the United States. We've got to pierce that veil. I saw it happen in Mongolia. It can happen here. My faith level is there. I want your, can you turn your faith thermostat level up? A lot of us have faith thermostats. You know what that are? When you, you talk about believing for a certain thing, click, it goes off. Oh, no, that'll never happen. Yeah. That would be nice if it did, but I just can't believe it. Let's believe together and, and reach for the prize. I want to do one more thing. I think I have time to do one more thing. Go to the next one, please. I want to talk about what happened to us in the Ukraine. We went to the Ukraine. Now, you've got to understand something. Cheryl and I live in a town of 2,500 people. We live in the woods. We're, we're in the middle of nowhere and nothing. We, two years ago, we just got indoor toilets. No, I'm only kidding. I just wanted to see if you were listening. It was like, what? Must be cold out there in the wintertime. You know, I'm... You're a little slow. You've got to keep up with me. I'm from New Jersey. I talk fast, you know? We went to the Ukraine. Peter Wagner said, I need to form a prayer team called the Eagles. And Cheryl and I were blessed to be chosen to be part of that. We went to the Ukraine and we, we, we met for intercession early in the morning. What was it, 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning? Because they were having a 9 o'clock meeting. So they wanted, Peter and Chuck wanted us to pray. There was a group of us, Marty Cassidy, Cheryl and I, uh, and uh, Linda Heidler. And we prayed, and, and the Lord spoke to us and said, the spirit of Cain is going to rise up in this land. So we just sent an email to Chuck. The Lord just told us the spirit of Cain will rise up in this land. Chuck, at 9 o'clock, gave a one-and-a-half-hour teaching on the spirit of Cain. That's how Chuck is. Okay? But you may remember this. Go ahead. Keep going. I just went over that. Six months later, we read in the, in the newspaper that they were having an election. One part of the, one candidate was for the Ukraine to be a, a separate entity from communism. The other party was a communist front. He was going to move the Ukraine back into Russia's 
guidance. So the, the one candidate looked like Rock Hudson. Go to the next one. And they poisoned him. Do you remember that picture? And it, 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 it really deformed his face. He went from Rock Hudson to Freddy Krueger. I mean, it really was a shame. What they did. There's another picture that shows it, too. He went from that to that in a period of a month and a half, but it didn't kill him. And then they had the election. And they declared the communist-leaning candidate the winner. But that day that they declared him the winner, there were 500,000 people at their Supreme Court with orange jackets and vests on, and they protested the election. They said it wasn't valid. There was all kind of problems and voter fraud. Go to the next one, please. 500,000 people in the front of the Supreme Court, and the Associated Press asked Sunday Adonijah, who was the leader who was there in the meeting with us six months before, how in the world did you get 500,000 people in one day? He said, oh, we knew about this six months ago. Prophets were here and told us the spirit of Cain rose up. And when they tried a month and a half ago to poison that candidate, we said, this is that, and we need to be ready. So we coordinated for a month of saying, if this election doesn't go the right way, we're going to be at the Supreme Court. And they had a half a million people ready to, to cry out to say, give us justice and give us a new election. They had a new election, and guess what? The guy won. The good guy. The guy they tried to kill. And he steered the Ukraine away from going back under the communist control. Now, look, i got to tell you something. I love that kind of stuff. I love being a part of that kind of stuff. And I believe the reason I'm here and encouraging you right now is many of you are going to be part of that kind of stuff to shift this nation. So who here, is there anybody here in government? Works for the government. Anybody read about the government? (laughs) And I want you to come to 12-year lady. Lori, Lori, come on up, Lori. I need three or four more intercessors to come. We're going to declare over your government. Anything that's shifting and trying to shift your government. Come on, come on, sir. Come on. I don't know exactly what all your governmental issues are, but I know I saw the governmental powers shift in the Ukraine because of prophetic intercession. And I believe there's power in this room to shift the government of the UK. Do you believe that? Stand up. Cheryl, you're the prophet. I want you to come up and, and prophesy and declare that. I'm stretching you, honey. You're not going to sit there and just be a pretty face today. You're going to get to work. <laughs> so, Lord, I speak Thank you, Lord. to the believing group in the U.K., Now, Lord, I call forth governmental intercessors. I call forth the watchmen. I say, arise, watchmen, over the government. Lord, I say that there will be those that will arise within the government that are watchmen. Lord, that there will be those that will arise within the government that do not fear.
fear change and bringing the UK into the place that they are supposed to be going. Lord, we call it forth in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, we pray right now for our government. And Father, we declare and decree over our government that there will be openness. Father, we will shut the mouths of those who are seeking to um, turn around decisions by our government by causing an undercurrent, Father, an undercurrent of unbelief in what our government says. Father, we declare and decree that you will, your voice will be heard. Your voice will be heard in this nation. And the Lord says, I am shifting this government. You do not see what I see or see from where I see. And the Lord says, I am moving this government into alignment with my plans and purposes. And the Lord says, even where the Labour Party will stand and try to disrupt, the Lord says, I will bring continuity of government in this land. Father, we thank you, Lord, for all that you've exposed so far. But there's so much more. There's so much more hidden in the ground. Hidden that we don't see. And it's ugly. We don't like seeing it, Lord. But we say now, Lord, we want to see it. We want to have it exposed so that we can can cleanse it by your blood, Lord. That we can cleanse this land again. That this land can say we we are a, a nation under the King of Kings. We are the nation Thank under you, the King of Kings. We are a sheep nation, Lord. We, we're so head into a goat nation, and we say, no, we will not have that. We will not be a goat nation. We will serve you, Lord. We will serve you. Whatever it takes, we will serve you. And we thank you, Lord, that you can put words in people's mouths when they're going to say one thing, they will say another. And we declare now that we will have politicians that go to say one thing and they come out with something else that, that is what you want them to Move say, them. Lord, not what other, um, other factions want them to say. We will say this nation will return to you. It will be what it was created yes. to be. Yes. It will be yours, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the precious blood of Jesus, we declare now godly alignment in the government right now. We declare to Theresa May and to the cabinet, your crooked paths will be made straight. Amen. You will only walk along a straight path. You will not walk along a crooked path. We declare now your Holy Spirit to be in the cabinet right now and declare now that they will walk straight paths and not crooked paths anymore. This nation voted to leave Brexit. And this nation will leave Brexit right now. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Right over here, right here. This. Yes, amen, amen. And yes. Father, we pray now. It's a time for prayer and fasting, Lord. We have people here who are not living up to the potential that you put into them, Lord. And today we declare here, right now, that we, we rise to what you want, Lord. Let's come to your standard. Let's not bring you down to government standard or religion standard, Amen. Lord. Let's start rising to your standard, Lord. Let's declare we can do amazing things, Lord. Let us fast into this situation. Let's fast clarity into this situation. Let's fast honesty into this situation. Lord, we need to be humble as a nation to come to you. Whatever your will is, Lord, we are ready and we declare right now to comply with your will in government. Thank you, Lord. We are not frightened of flesh and blood or positions. Lord, we are fearful of what you're capable of doing. 
but we're asking you because you're a loving God to bring about your will through ordinary men and women across this nation who will drop to their knees and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray until your will is done in this nation. We declare that in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, Lord, we just declare that this nation has voted to reverse the curse. Lord, we voted democratically to reverse the curse that going into Europe brought on this nation in the 1970s. Lord, I was too young to vote at 17, but this time round, in order to try and prolong the curse, they gave the 17-year-old generation the right to vote, and they didn't. And we thank you, Lord, for that. We thank you, Lord, that this nation has voted for freedom. Thank you, Lord. That we have not forgotten, Lord. That generation has not forgotten. And, Lord, we reverse the curse today in Jesus' name and declare that a new sound is coming from the UK. A new sound, a new voice. It's a triumphant voice. It's the sound of triumph and victory as we come out triumphant into all the fullness of the destiny you have for our nation. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Amen. And Father, we just lift the yoke of fear off the government, fear of political correctness, fear of offending minorities. Ooh, Lord, you, Lord, we love the minorities in this nation. We respect their cultures. We put our arms around them, Lord, but we remove the fear that has come upon uh, those in authority, fear of offense and fear of uh, retribution or, or what might happen. And we just declare a, a, a positive Christian step forward in government. In your name. Amen. Amen. Now, the, now the Bible says that he heard their cries and came down and delivered them and sent a deliverer. I believe as he heard them in Egypt and sent a deliverer named Moses... I believe he's sending deliverers out of this room to do spiritual warfare, to do spiritual battles. But I want to ask you one question. When was the last time you really cried out? Because we want to look poised, dear Heavenly Father. When was the last time you went, Dear God, help us! Lord, you see what's going on in our territory. You see what's going on in our government. Have mercy on us. Move upon us. Bind up the spiritual forces that are in control. Lord, I loose the cry into this land. I loose the cry into each one of your people here, Lord. That they would see what you see and say, God, help us! Show us the path. Illuminate it for us and let us walk in faith on it, in Jesus' name. It's been a privilege to be with you. I will be looking forward to reading about you in the newspaper. (laughs) Okay, I'm just going to share for a short five minutes. I think it's very interesting that while John and I have been here, 
the Supreme Court justice that we have been praying for to retire has announced that she will be retiring January 1st. And so this is amazing uh, because President Trump and the government that is now in America has replaced two Supreme Court justices and caused them to be those that are more conservative. Uh, and if anything, Chuck Pierce has been saying to us, the issue in America right now is the Supreme Court because it had become so liberal that it was, a, it was frightening to think what it would be for our grandchildren. So I don't think it's a coincidence that this happened here where, where we had this co combination of, of America and Great Britain praying together and doing what we did and then to get that announcement this morning on our cell phones was amazing. So I want to thank you for participating in that. But Jill and I had an experience last night. I, wanted, I want to share this with the church because we went out to dinner. Jill, come on up if you don't mind. And uh, we, went out, we went out to dinner with Steve and David and Jill. And we were just having conversation over the dinner table you know, that you have, it was, we had curry, it was delicious, come, come up here, and um, thank you, we've just been so <laughs> treated so kindly, but at the dinner table, I asked Jill how she came to Christ, yeah, I said, tell me about how you found the Lord, and she shared her story with me, and mentioned, tell them about this, this woman that bugged you. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people bug me, but that's no, no. Um, there's a there's a lot of um, the the thing I found amazing was obviously in everybody's story. There's a lot of things that you could, you know, and I'm sure Dave was sitting there saying, "Don't go into detail," because I do everything in detail. Um, but so the bit that I decided to to say about, I mean, I, I talked about my actual time of giving my life to God, but there was a particular girl that I'd known from uh, junior school. <clears throat> And the group of people that I was involved in them a days was um, uh, sort of the sort of motorcycle crowd of people. And we'd be at the college and we'd be down in the student union a lot of the time. And this one particular, one particular day, this girl came down into the student union and opened the door and um, looked a bit terrified because she was obviously a nice young girl and there's all these strange people in there. And um, she looked a bit terrified. She was giving out leaflets to um, the Billy Graham crusade. And uh, she looked around the room and saw me. Now, I knew her from junior school. I was sort of 18 then. And so she sort of recognized somebody. It was like, oh, my salvation. I know somebody in this room. They all look a bit strange and rough and everything. So she came and sat next to me. So that was, so that's what I was saying. I said, and this poor girl came down. She'd obviously decided, said she would give things out around college. So every day for that week, she would come down and talk to me. And um, cutting a very long story short, eventually, um, over the months, uh, I agreed to go along too a youth group at church with her. So carried on the story, and, and that was it, wasn't it? Yeah. But shall I carry on? Yes, yeah, tell them what happened. <coughs> I mean, so I want, this is what I'm trying to, to mm. bring out here. There are God moments in your everyday life, mm. and this is what happened to us last night. So mm. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So she had just told me this story <coughs> about this girl. So we're to, what, half an hour later? or yes. yeah, A little while later in, in the meal, 
the door of the um, restaurant opens, and in walks... The girl! The woman! The very girl! Oh, I've been oh, Christian 38, so nearly, that's, um, yeah, 38 years, isn't it? Right, now I've seen her in that time, uh, I could count them on one hand a few times. I haven't, I've, I've bumped into her occasionally. But she walked, she walked in and I just went, oh, because I was looking past <laughs> you. And, and I said, that girl that I've just been talking to you about has just walked in. Now, the last, I had seen her during all that time. And she's very special to me. Now, what happened was when I became a Christian, um, within six months, I would say, of me becoming a Christian, she left the church and um, got married to a non-Christian. And as far as I know, has never been involved in church again. And, but she was strategic in my journey. So I consider her, because without her bugging, bugging me and coming and, you know, hassling me, to go, I, it wouldn't have, it, you know, she's important to me on my journey, and I'm actually still living out my salvation and, and that because of her. So she, she walked in, and I went, oh, so I told you, didn't I? Yeah. So what I did was, um, well, Cheryl's going, go on, go on. <laughs> Encouraging me. <laughs> so what I did was I wrote down um, my, uh, e- my contact details, and before we left, I went over to the table and just said, hope, you know, just spoke to her, hoping she knew who I was, which she did. And, um, and I said to her, I said, I'm sorry to interrupt you, me. And I said, but actually, I said, I'd just like to leave you my contact details. I said, because, I said, that lady that we're having a meal with has just asked me how I've become a Christian. And she said straight away, well, that was because of me, wasn't it? She said, getting you to come to that youth group. So she, it was there in her head. I said, yes, it was, and that's very important to me. So I said, if you want to contact me, I said, here are my, uh, here are my contact details. And she said, oh, I'll text you tomorrow. Now, she hasn't yet, but I'm hopeful, and I'm expectant. So, yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Now, isn't that amazing? Yeah, we will. I will. You, you come up, Jill, and do that. So, but this is what we've been talking about this week. The, some, and when... when when Jill looked up and said, you're not going to believe who just came through the door. The Spirit of God hit our table like a beautiful blanket. And this is what I have to say about that. She is important to you, but she is so important to God. There may not be anyone else in her life at this time that could pray for her to come back like you because she had been so important. Those little moments. Let's just, let's just put our hands on our eyes and our ears, all of our senses. <coughs> Lord, we just cry out today and say, don't let us miss the God moments. No matter how little they are, Lord, don't let us miss the God moments in our everyday life, because it could mean the salvation or the return or the healing or the deliverance of someone that you have put in our path. In Jesus' name, just pray for her now, Jill. Let's come into agreement. Yes, Lord, we've been um, we've been praying for the veil to come off over our nation. But Lord, I cry out for Sally. 
I cry out for Sally and I cry out for her that you would remove the veil from Sally's eyes. Yeah, from her ears, from her eyes, from all of her senses, God. That where she has, for whatever reason, turned away from you and settled for the less than and settled for the less than in life, Lord, and got caught up in wherever she is. God, you know her. She has once upon a time, Lord, committed her life to you, and you have never forgotten her. And where she's important to me, Lord, she's important to you. And God, so we just cry out for that, and we say, Holy Spirit, Lord. Yes, send your angels, Lord. Give her divine manifestation of who you are God let something transact within her let the very fact that I spoke to her Lord do something inside of her that would reignite that hunger for you that would reignite her for of what she's lost I'm sure she doesn't I'm sure she doesn't I'm sure she doesn't want to be away from you so, Lord, we put a drawer on her and we say yes. we call Sally back into alignment, back into your kingdom, back into sonship with you, back into being who you are. Thank you, God, that she's part of my journey, Lord, and I pray that I will be part of hers now. Amen. 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 So, God is a God of signs and wonders. This was a sign to us at that dinner table. It was it was a wonder. It made us wonder about how awesome God is. He cares about the highest of government in your land and the lowest of people that have turned away from him. He cares about everyone. And he's going to use this body of believers to begin to shake up the UK like it has never been shaken before. I decree that over you. And I say that the minute God moments will become the volcanic eruptions in this nation that will explode and birth forth the fire of God across this land. And it will not stay here. It will go into all the nations, however many you spoke to us, 150 or 160 nations that the UK has touched it will go into all of those nations and be released again as a move of God that will be unprecedented in Jesus' mighty name. We love you, and we are glad to stand with you. Amen.